warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. This man who's supposed to be an Egyptian. What man? The one that's just taken the big house past the nursing home. An Egyptian. So the locals say. Though it's my belief they wouldn't know an Egyptian from a Chinese acrobat. But what's an Egyptian doing here? That's what I ask myself. Didn't you ask him? Mr. Banny, if he tells me he's over here to grow mushrooms, I'll have to accept it. And he's not likely to say he's over here to murder a few people. D don't you know anything about him? Nothing. I don't even know if he's really Egyptian. But I could find out. No doubt, but you're not going to. It's the Real Britannia podcast, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Good morning, Scott here. It's our ninth, I think, by my reckoning, Hammer Horror Special. So joining me, as usual, is Stephen. Good morning. Morning, Matt. Hello, how are you? Oh, living the dream. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Um, and also, because it's Hammer, we've also got Mark. Hello, mate. Hey, 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 how you doing? I am not quite living the dream. Let's say crawling for a nightmare. That's more my, my speed at this point. Uh, well, we're the day before Halloween, and we're recording a Hammer Horror. So, by my reckoning, when do you reckon this one will go out, Stephen? Uh, probably sometime <laughs> around March. Yeah, or next Halloween, who knows. We was looking at the schedules and like the editing and recording and who's doing what. If we if we pump these out week in, week out, we may actually get this episode out this year. So let's see how we go. Um, <laughs> we're still in the 50s, aren't we? Is this 59, isn't it, The Mummy? Yeah, 59, 59, and uh, yeah. Do you think, to be guys? Honest, I think we'll be uh, we'll be doing well if we get this out while you're still in your fifties. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's a distinct shift once they hit the new decade in sort of tone or? Uh, yeah, sort of I look? can I can tell you that mm. yes, for the worse. Um, <laughs> actually, get they get way tamer ah. for about four or five years. Apart from the old really good one, yeah, they get. Much more drawing. It's almost like, oh, we've gone a bit far. Let's let's <laughs> reel it back a bit because we've made our name. People will come see us because it's a Hammer film. Yeah, but let's uh, let's reel it back a bit so we don't annoy the senses, which is a bit of a shame. But there are exceptions to that that are really outstanding. It has to be said. Okay, uh, but they do kind of start dialing it down after I'd say Bride, Brides of Dracula, probably. Yeah. Well, uh, they, uh, and, but they also do some quite out there sort of sci-fi movies, quite dark and bleak British sci-fi movies. You know, in the more in the mould of Quatermass, but they're not horror, so we won't be covering those. I wouldn't have thought. No, but, no. Um, there are some interesting stuff. Hammer, Hammer. I always consider Hammer a bathtub of of, of quality. In the, <laughs> the beginning ones and the end ones are the real interesting ones. Uh, it starts really picking up about sixty six, sixty seven. Again. Yeah, uh, but uh, now I've just wrecked our entire season. No, that. no, I'm I'm just more intrigued now. as to what you get up to in a bathtub. That it's only interesting at the beginning <laughs> and at the end. I don't know. I never had yeah. baths, so I wouldn't know. Baths well, are for people that need a wash. <laughs> Stephen, what was you going to say? I, I was going to make some reference to the tap end, but it's it's classic. Don't sound a play. And then uh, now, now I'm just thinking about sitting in your own filth, which is what. That's like. But um, <laughs> oh, so, so uh, yeah, the analogy for 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 baths, I think that that's uh, Mark's own one. Uh, very much, uh, he obviously knows how that works. But no, I think the quality, yeah, the and and the tone mm. uh, more so. You're right that the, it does take a shift, as if they're trying to maybe 
broaden their scope and not really be seen, uh, you know, what has actually made them a success, you know, in a way they, they kind of um, move away from that, which mm. isn't the right move in my opinion. So I think there is a bit of a shift just for, for a couple of films like Mark says, um, but then the, the good stuff comes back. Yeah. I think 65, 66, it, it definitely comes back with a vengeance. But there are some really good exceptions that I'm looking forward to talking yeah. about. Yeah. Would you say there's a golden age of Hammer where it hits that sweet spot for a lovely little run of five or six movies? Yeah. Uh, personally, I'd say it's 66. No, yeah. I'm trying to think. 67 and 68 are like Devil Rides Out, quite mm. a massive appear. Stuff like that, really, and really good ones, but really mental ones too, like The Lost Continent. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it kind of picks up. Rasputin the Man Monk's pretty good. <laughs> I don't, personally, I don't like Dracula Prince of Darkness, but a lot of people really like that, and that was 66. Yeah. So, uh, but there's also some odd ones in there, like Plague of the Zombies and, 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 and The Gorgon, you know? And I love The like Gorgon. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'd say probably from the Gorgon or the Reptile. I think the Gorgon came before the Reptile. The Gorgon onwards, until quite close to the end, it is the Golden Age. Okay. They got really wacky towards the end, end but, but that made for good movies. The very last movie was terrible, but there's specific reasons for that. Uh, but um, otherwise, I think they're pretty gold from maybe the Gorgon onwards. Okay, because a lot of people see this as the golden age being the the real classic they do. gothic. They do, yeah. But you know, each to their own. I mean, I'm loving everything so far, even going back to the Quater Masses and the X the Unknowns that we've watched and all those. We've had a lovely little run, um, and we're going to be a bit selective now. Again, we're going to sort of pick and choose. We were just talking about this off air, guys, weren't we? That you know, there's five or six coming up that we're not necessarily going to do in any great depth, but. There's one that we're going to do next time, and we think, yeah, it's worth talking about, and then we're going to hit the horror proper again, you know. So, yeah, it's it's our podcast, guys. We can review whatever we want, you know. It's not <laughs> it's yeah. not cast in stone. It's the mummy. It's 1959. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Egypt, 4,000 years ago, a land of strange rituals and savage cruelty. Many of their secrets are still hidden from the eyes of 20th century man. Secrets that protect their dead. Supernatural powers that once released can live again in our modern world. The Mummy, the Living Dead, bringing terror and death across 4,000 years. He was a high priest of the great god Karnak until one night he attempted the ultimate in blasphemy. He was condemned to guard forever the princess he had loved and protect her from intruders. Go now. Go and destroy those who desecrated the tomb of our princess. He who robs the graves of Egypt dies. He who robs the graves of Egypt dies. The Mummy, released in the UK, 1959, directed, of course, by Terence Fisher and written, of course, by Jimmy Sangster, starring, some of these names are getting oh so familiar now, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, we've got Yvonne Ferno as the female lead, Eddie Byrne we need to talk about, we've got Felix Aylmer, the great Raymond Huntley, Michael Ripper, of course, George Woodbridge, of course, Harold Goodwin, of course, this cast is great, I'm looking forward to the Crypt of Fame later, the plot... In the 1890s, a team of British archaeologists discover the untouched tomb of Princess Ananka, but accidentally bring the mummified body of her high priest back to life. Three years later, back in England, a follower of the same Egyptian religion unleashes the mummy to exact grisly revenge on the despoilers of the sacred past. Let's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 now that is exactly the same plot as, as Karloff's version, and, you know, the... Uh, Actually, it isn't. It is, I mean, it is familiar. It's familiar, isn't it? But, 
Yeah, they're definitely riffing on the uh, later Universal Mummy films. Mm. There's definite elements. I think some of the names are the same in everything. Didn't um, you say you thought this was a combination of the two or three of the later Universal? Yeah, I reckon it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, which is weird. Why didn't they just write their own thing? Uh, or they could at least <laughs> change the names. Do you know what I mean? It, it's weird. It works, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it totally works. There's nothing wrong with the film per se at all uh, in that respect. But it's just weird that they... They borrowed so heavily from Universal where they could have just done their own thing. Uh, and also, the old curse of Tutankhamun, you know, the whole process of that is well known, so they could have risked on that too. Of course. Yeah. Stephen, talk to me about The Mummy, mate. You've seen this before, haven't you? I mean, we've all watched these Hammer movies a few times each, surely. Yeah, I mean, there's some of them that you might not have seen or, or might have just seen once and then there's the ones that you've seen plenty of times like you know the Frankenstein mm. and the Dracula's and, and this one fits more in that category as ones that you've, you've seen regular thankfully and you know why they've taken elements from the universal but not um, either done a direct transfer or, or um, just done their own thing why they've sat in the middle ground is, is anybody's guess really but certainly it, it comes across as being archetypal hammer um, really, it's got a lot of the elements in there that we would we would be looking for, and and carrying on in the vein of the Frankenstein and, and Dracula, you know, going to the next next creature feature, as it mm. were, that the that Universal set the, the pattern for. Not the first time I've seen it at all; seen it several times at, at least, um, if not more than that. Mark, how many times you've seen this? Oh, I've seen it um, times. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it this watch quite a bit more than I often do. Mm. Uh, I, I've often found it a little. I mean, apart from some certain scenes and and certain imagery, which is quite amazing, I find it a bit of a dull film. Uh, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Which this, I don't know, I'm getting older. So now, <laughs> I don't know what it is? But I, I actually thought it was pretty kick-ass. Actually, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. This is one I never used to go back to compared to others because I think, as you said, I used to find it a bit slow-paced and plodding. And there's a lot of criticism I was noticing online of of that flashback sequence where we go back to the old ceremony of the burial. Oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Christopher Lee and Mascara. Exa- absolutely. <laughs> Everybody, you know, that these reviews were sort of like saying, oh, it... it, it takes you away from the plot of the film and that i think it just adds to it i think it's great <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks for taking us away from that plot yeah yeah well, the, 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 a bit of a break nice well that is the key to the whole Dogs, thing isn't girls it girls and everything it's great <laughs> and also it's it's given the set designers and you know the production crew a chance to to let rip a bit to come away from the old haunted house type situations it's like it's a lot more colorful a lot brighter even you know we've got the odd scene outside in quicksand and swamps and things like that but the internal like studio scenes um i think it's just given the production crew and these design people a chance to shine a bit more in this one to let let sort of rip a little bit yeah, I mean, it looks great. The house, uh, the set design is really terrific. The house and, mm. you know, the what, oh, no, that's great. Uh, it's just a bit unfortunate. The plot, uh, the plot, uh, it, it moves like a sort of diseased donkey. Uh, that, that's, that's, as does Peter Cushing, uh, in, <laughs> uh hobbled from the beginning. So there's yeah. a bit of that. Yeah, there's a bit of that. The set design, they, they do manage to indulge a bit with the whole, um, Egyptian element and the ancient tomb and, have a play there i think that that is beyond the, the just the spooky house that goes through a, a number of other films even even how the basketballs really mm. um so I, you know i do think this this is an extension um even though i think the outside of the, the egyptian tomb with the all the foliage um surrounding the tomb and stuff i think it's just <laughs> taken from from other films that they've also you know filmed at the same time and um, they repurpose it well i think so this is, does I, I think the flashbacks work as you said to um to add to the the narrative and and help things along rather than um feel disjointed yeah well, i think it's a highlight of the movie as as mark said what, what could be better christopher lee you know in full-blown makeup going full-blown christopher lee on us you know it's great absolutely great yeah well, you know you know it, he's just he's just terrific he's such a presence um and 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 it just looks good uh i mean it's totally probably totally 
unrealistic historically, but man, it, you know the funny hats. You know, I like I like a, I like a funny hat at any time. Uh, More on uh, jaunty hats later. If we, if, we didn't, uh, if we didn't have the flashback, there'd be no point in having Christopher Lee as the mummy, though. Because no, that's to, true. I mean, obviously, we we do recognise him, but otherwise, they could have had you know, other people playing the mummy that weren't as distinctive. Acting wise, yeah, I don't know. You know, I felt Christopher Lee came through more as him, you know, as an actor in The Mummy than he did in Curse of Frankenstein. Um, you know, and it was the same level of layers of makeup, but he came through a little more, I thought, especially towards the end. But yeah, it was good to see him without all the stuff on. Yeah, to you know, um, let himself rip a little bit, as I say, because yeah, before he's yeah. been a bit sort of shackled in by his his roles previously. He hasn't been able to to let go I mean he did a little bit in Hound of the Baskervilles obviously but then he wasn't playing some sort of creature but the thing I noticed about this was the sheer presence of him you don't realise how big that guy was until you see this movie there was one particular shot he's in the house and he's standing stock still next to the Egyptian guy whose name I can't remember for the life of me at the moment and he looks about four foot taller than him you know towering and I think my god you know that's why they chose him you know and I think this film set the precedent for the subsequent mummy movies that haven't made, because they made a few, mm. where they have imposing people as the mummy. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of works well. That's that's their style. Whereas in, in the Universal films, the mummy's just a, basically a man in bandages. Yeah. And they they're more like Jason in the, in that or, or something like that in the Hammer films. They're much more that style. And in fact, they copied that style in um, the Doctor Who one, the, the Pyramids of Mars. It? Yeah, Pyramids of Mars. That was a direct copy of not particularly this film, but some of the other Hammer, Hammer Mummy films. But basically, I think this set that template of having a basically a Hulk. Uh, as, as the mummy, <laughs> rather than sort of average man in bandages, You're like a hammer slasher. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you <laughs> yeah even even carry on screaming, rubber TT, right? It was a Hulk, right? <laughs> yeah. Quick, uh, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you'd gone down the line of what was the average height of an of an Egyptian man at the time at which he was meant to be mummified, mm. um, you, you'd, you'd have had. You'd have had someone that was somewhere between Melvin Hayes and Kenny Baker, <laughs> um, rather than somebody who's whatever six foot five, six foot six, whatever Christopher Lee was. Sorry, uh, so I'm yeah, so just... it'd be somebody, somebody, somebody <laughs> tiny, wouldn't it? I'm just picturing the poster, you know, big like brash lettering, starring Peter Cushing and Melvin Hayes as the <laughs> mummy. <Yeah. laughs> how tall was Melvin Hayes? How tall Melvin Hayes was? He wasn't very tall, bless him. He's still with us, isn't he, Melvin Hayes? Yeah, oh, my God. Hammer Glamour is a bit thin on the ground in this one, guys. There's only one. Um, She's a real looker, though, isn't Mm. she? She reminds me a lot of, um, what's her name, Elizabeth McGovern. She's got a similar Oh, right, okay. Uh, I thought she was very striking, actually, in this. It's just unusual for the movies we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah, this is part of their taming down. Yeah, it's the start of that. There's only one female lead in this. This is the one. So we we've had. Yeah, am I right, Stephen? I think if we're going back because we we on the bingo cards we normally have good blonde, bad brunette, or whatever. There's always a competition going on between the female leads at some point. There's nothing of that nature in this one, is there? Yeah, there's not really any other females in it, and you know, apart from some of the people in the sort of the crowd of Egyptians uh, yeah. type thing that are in the procession, um, and in the um, the tavern uh, in the inn uh, in the background mocking. Um, but even then, you know, they're not really speaking parts fully. All you've got is her playing playing two parts basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they might say it's two women, but it's not, it's just one. Yeah, it's probably the only um, evidence of a Hammer movie where the monster's defeated by someone just letting their hair down as well, possibly. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how to <laughs> say her name, so I haven't said it. I think it's Yvonne Furneau. Furneau, yes, Yvonne Furneau. Yeah. Uh, French, French, uh, British, she is. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen her in other stuff. Just having um, a look. She was in La Dolce Vita, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Um, the only other one... Was she in Repulsion? Yeah, that's the only other one I've seen. Ah, really. there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
still alive, according to this. 90, okay. 96 years old, bless her. Okay, so... Which is interesting, because we, we're at the stage where a lot of these hammer stars are no longer with us, and she's still there. We'll probably talk more at length about the cast when we go into the Crypt of Fame, because some of these names are cropping up again and again, and it's some very familiar hammer faces and some very familiar, you know, just British actors and actresses. I just want to pick up on two, though. Um, one is Raymond Huntley. Mm. Yeah, possibly one of the finest character actors that this country's ever produced. I mean, his role in Upstairs, Downstairs as the lawyer is is one of TV's greatest ever moments. I love him. Absolutely adore Raymond Huntley. Sadly, not given too much to do in this movie. We've got Felix Aylmer playing the father. Now, he gets quite a, quite a good role in this. He, he actually gets to really let fly because Felix Aylmer... I always thought he was a lot older than what he was. He was 60, he was 70, whoop, look at this, 70, I think he was when they made this movie. I've seen him in other stuff, like old stories. Was it, I've got a feeling he might have been in some of those uh, Shakespeare Olivier films. Hamlet. But I don't know, I haven't, oh, he was, was he? Definitely in Hamlet, yeah. Okay, it's that kind of thing. Possibly in some of the things like Will Hay comedies too, but I don't know. Uh, something like that? I'll tell you what he's most famous for. It was um, it was one of those religious sitcoms with Derek Nimmo, like Oh, oh bro- Brother. Oh, it was Oh, Brother. I think it was Oh, Brother was the oh, one he bloody, was in. I remember that. Yeah, I'm sure he was in <laughs> one of them. Um, right, right. Just one of those faces that is always... Um, it's, it's familiar, but you never can put the name to it. Or Yeah, yeah. And, and he hasn't cropped up, without giving too much away, Stephen, too much on the Hall of Fame, has he, from what I can remember? Certainly, uh, he's not done a, a big impact on the hammer. I mean, yeah. this is the, the, I think actually this might be the only hammer that he's, he's in. Mm. Um, I mean, he has already, uh, without going down that route yet, um, he has, uh, you know, been in enough films for oh, us okay. to, uh, to qualify, um, but only just. Okay. So, oh, well, that'd be interesting to see then. Ex- excellent. Um, but yes, he is. He, he does seem to have been in virtually everything though. And we, you know, he's a very familiar face to, to anybody. Mm. Yeah. I have to say, though, one of the issues I have with this film is I just find it really difficult to see Peter Cushing as anyone's son. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He just doesn't look like anyone's son. He always kind of looked like he was, you know, if anyone, if anything, he's always someone's grandfather, but not even father, but just grandfather. I'm I'm just going to check how old he was in this because... Well, it's why they had to get somebody as old and so yeah, you know, yeah. so so perceived as being old um, as as Felix Elmer, um, because they are you know they had to go make sure they had somebody who is straight away in your mind that is an old man, oh, that's grandfather right. type, because yeah, yeah. um, otherwise it wouldn't have been uh, believable if they picked some other people that might have been the right age even but weren't just didn't come across as as old as uh, Felix Elmer. We've said this before, Stephen, though, haven't we? You know, British films of the 50s, even the people playing the schoolboys looked about 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you go back, Peter Cushing was basically a student in Chumper Oxford with Laurie He was. He, he still was. looked old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've just checked. He was born in 1913. Okay. So that makes him 46, 45, 46, when yeah. this movie was made. And Felix Aylmer was, was born in... Uh, 1889, I think I remember reading. Just so he would have been 70. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the ages work. The out, time difference works so out. Okay. Peter Cushing. It's hard to see him as anything other than Peter Cushing. <laughs> For me, family just seems odd. Apart from a grand, being a grandfather, I just can't see his. You can't see him married. You can't see it. You know what I mean? It's just it's that yeah, kind some, of guy. Some people are, you know, just uh, Gene Hackman. He's always been old. I mean, yeah. Clive, Clive yeah. Dunn, Clive Dunn, yeah, yeah. Clive Dunn, yeah. And um, also, it's it's so, the whole thing about Cushing being a romantic lead as well. Yes, that was weird. Well, it's not very, it's not very romantic in this at all. Though, is it? <laughs> and he points out to the wife, oh, she was uh, she was considered uh, the most beautiful woman um, in the in the world. And, and you look like her, and she's going, oh, that's very flattering. And he went, well, the world was smaller back then. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, quit while you're ahead. Oh, if, if only I'd have thought of that while I was, yeah, ma- when I was married. Say, <laughs> you can say things like that to your girlfriend to keep it spicy, but not your wife. 
Bloody <laughs> hell. Who needs it? Mind you, Victorians, right? So who knows? Or Edward. I'm not sure, are they Victorians or Edwardians? It's still the 1880s, isn't it? I think uh, they Victorians. said in this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, still okay. 1889, I think, or 1890, I saw somewhere. I like the fact that this movie still feels part of the current run of, of Hammers. You know, this fits in perfectly with the Universal adaptations. And apart from The Wolfman, it was the obvious sort of next choice to do after the Frankensteins and the Draculas and all that yeah. stuff that's gone before. I like the fact that they've been bold enough to go back into that flashback sequence and devote 10 minutes into a very sort of like historical theatrical piece but still have the guts to retain, you know, when they come back, you know, you've still got that story going on. And and it is, you've hit the nail on the head, Mark, with this being almost like a Michael Myers or a Jason type thing. With this creature just, just, and it's prominent as well. The mummy is not hidden in the shadows in this movie at all, is it? You get a full chance to see how great that makeup and that co- that costume is absolutely amazing. That was one of the highlights for me, is watching it that was again. Good. Yeah, you can't see the zip at all. Right? I was looking for it at one point. Yeah, yeah. It's quite convincing sort of makeup, yeah. There was one bit of contention. I'm sure it was this movie, and going back to Yvonne Ferno, she objected heavily to the headdress that she had to wear in that flashback sequence. Right, if you, if you can picture it, when she's lying down, sort of in the sarcophagus yeah. and all that lot, she's got this Egyptian sort of headdress, and it's got big ears. I was going to say, was it the ears? Yeah, but, and, and she objected, and they said, don't worry, don't worry. But by the time they'd strapped her down to the table, they thought, well, sod it, we haven't got time to make another headdress. So they just put it on and filmed it, to you know, <laughs> completely to... <laughs> Um, and I don't know whether they sort of tried to keep us sweet by saying, look, we've got another design. Because if you look at some of the, uh, like the charcoal drawings of her that, you know, Cushing's got of her, you know, this is what she looked like in ancient Egypt. The headdress doesn't have the ears. Yeah. Um, but what they did, they said by the time she was sort of like on the table, she couldn't move. So they just put the bloody thing on her and filmed it anyway. <laughs> in fairness, she would have never known if she'd managed to keep her eyes shut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been, it'd been all right until the premiere. She was yeah. dead. When, as a dead body, if she'd managed to keep her eyes shut, they wouldn't have been a premiere. wouldn't have seen it. At one point, I thought she was going to start doing her nails. It was like, really? Uh, <laughs> well, she was sending Morse code with a blink. Oh, we've got this coming up in a minute then. Somebody, <laughs> like somebody you know, somebody who's, who's on camera who's been made a hostage and they're trying to... <laughs> Signal. Yeah. <laughs> that is worse. I was expecting Noddy to turn up. Honestly, that was massive. <laughs> I didn't really know until I'd read that bit of trivia. I didn't I'll notice to, the ears. Until... There's a picture on IMDb. You can in one of the, the stills. From yeah. IMDb. You can see on there of a very gl- very green gold um, bit in the coffin with her eyes closed. Strangely enough, um, I've got the the ears, which are obviously moulded as part of the headpiece, do do look like she's some kind of. It, the whole thing makes her look like she's some kind of Ferengi. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering about that. Was that from an original Egyptian design? Or I, otherwise, someone in the design pool, you know what this needs is. Or is, is. it is it part of the fact that when the rest of the mask goes over the top, like the facial you part of it, the ears. Or, or the ears are part of the mask that's going to be I'm the lid? Carmen's. I don't uh, remember ears. I remember a, a little beard or a little. Uh, no, I remember an ears, ears on that. Yeah. I don't know, a big, big, I don't know. Yeah, she should she should be happy they didn't yeah, put a beard uh, on there. I don't. Uh, <laughs> trying to get yeah, a she big should, zoom. Sorry. She should be happy that they didn't put a beard on there. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely ears on two in Carmen, but they're normal size ears. <laughs> <laughs> they're not massive. <laughs> they're not ears, you know. I'll tell you what we'll do. We've spoken at length about the cast. Let's let's sort of tie this up as the supporting characters that we've learned to love over the last few Hammer movies. Let's see who's in the Crypt of Fame and the Village Hall of Fame. Let's take a walk up the path.
as curator Stephen of both Hall of Fame and Crypt of Fame, I will leave it to your decision as to where we're going first. What do you want to do, mate? Uh, right, well, we'll go through the GM, just the Hall of Fame first, just because that's how it happens to be listed in front of me. Okay, no. um, <laughs> Which is, you know, very scientific, uh, I think you'll find. <laughs> so, uh, we have four people making their second appearances. We've got Felix Aylmer, which was mm-hmm. Wicked Lady previously, John Harrison, Lolita, uh, George Pastel, who was uh, from Russia with Love, and Frank Simon, or Simon, Heavens Above. Some of those I expect to get into the uh, Hall of Fame uh, before very yeah. long. Uh, we'll uh, look forward to that. Although there are four people actually getting into the Hall of Fame. Oh, inducted. Uh, Excellent. Which is, which is good. Eddie Byrne is one of those. Oh, Eddie Byrne. We haven't talked about Eddie Byrne. I want to in a second because yeah. now he's inducted. Yep. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back to him in a second. Yep, go uh, on, mate. Admiral Crichton and Dunkirk. Gerald Lawson, Night to Remember, and Benjamin Frankenstein. So we've got our, our first Night to Remember person. Hey! Which is good. Um, <laughs> Frank Siguino. Yeah, I um, spied that name as well. <laughs> which, is, which is probably uh, how it's not pronounced. Um, <laughs> which is Dr. No and Peeping Tom, and John Stewart, Quatermass 2, and Revenge of Frankenstein. All inducted. So, um, so yeah, that's four of them uh, pushing themselves onto. Uh, some of the uh, plastic seating uh, <laughs> stacked from the uh, from, from the corridor as we speak uh, in the village hall. Three people making their fourth appearance, which is Arthur Dibbs, Dunkirk, uh, Gideon's Day, Night to Remember, Raymond Huntley, hey. Dan Buster's Passport to Pimlico and Room at the Top, mm-hmm. and Stanley Meadows, Ipris Fowl, Performance and Prize of Arms. Is that it's, it? Uh, that's That's a good the, showing. So that's a good showing. We do have four people making their fifth appearance. Oh, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Asher, uh, who's the cinematographer, obviously. Oh. Uh, Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hand of the Baskervilles, and Revenge of Frankenstein. Terence Fisher, Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hand of the Baskervilles, and Revenge of Frankenstein. Uh, Howell Goodwin, who uh, uh, we're happy to to see. Mm. Uh, We'll see Dan Buster's One Good Turn and The Long Arm, and George Woodbridge. Dracula, Heavens Above, Inspector Coles, and Revenge of Frankenstein. The great George Woodbridge. I've got a feeling George Woodbridge is going to be right up there into double figures, along with all those that are up there at the moment at some point. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going to be one of those faces that appears and appears in every single movie. Um, Is there more? Yes, there is. (laughs) Keep keep going. one of you know we've got two people making their sixth appearance one of which is somebody like you say who appears again and again but, mm. and that's uh, Michael Ripper <laughs> um, The Ripper The Ripper uh, Prize yes. of Arms Quatermass 2 Avenger Frankenstein X the Unknown and The Earth of the Night and um, we've also got the producer uh, Anthony N- Nelson Keyes who's obviously done The Hammers mm-hmm. which is a, a Smart Snowman uh, Cash and Demand uh, oh. Frankenstein, Dracula, Hand of the Basketballs, and Revenge of Frankenstein, uh, which is lovely to have. We've got one person making their eighth appearance, um, <laughs> uh, a relative a relative unknown person called Christopher Lee. I was going to say, it has to be one of the top two, doesn't it? Yeah, go on. Uh, so, Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hand of Basketballs, Lolita, Private's Progress, Scott of the Antarctic, and Wicker Man. So, and then two people making their ninth appearances. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting uh, wow. this, but then... Yeah, we've got. Oh, Mike, come on! But we've got Cushing on. and Lee, haven't we? So there's got to be. So yeah. Yeah, uh, Michael Carreras, uh, the producer, um, as before, uh, Abominable Snowman, Cash and Demand, Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hannah Vasquez, Quatermass, <laughs> Revenge of Frankenstein, and X the And then there's also George Spence making his ninth appearance, which is uh, It Press Fell, Lavender Hill Mob, Night to Remember, Pulled of London, One Good Turn, Revenge of Frankenstein, Seven Days to Noon, and Young and Innocent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, George French. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we've got somebody, uh, one person making their tenth appearance, which is uh, unsurprisingly uh, Peter Cushion. Double figures, and, excellent. Um, he's got into the double figures, which is Abominable Snowman, Cash and Demand, Curse of Frankenstein, Doctor Who, Dracula, Hand of the Basketballs, Lolita, Avenger Frankenstein, and Violent Playground. So, <laughs> and then one person making their eleven. Oh. Uh, which is Ernest Blythe. What? Famous, <laughs> famous, I'm glad you said that, Blythe. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> famous Ernest Blythe. Uh, Ted Wellington plays Carry On Teacher from Wishful We Have Love, Gideon's Day, Lavender Hill Mob, Man of the Moment, Night to Remember, Revenge of Frankenstein, Rocky Horror Show, and Trouble in Star. Right. He's 
uncredited man at inquest and there is no photo on IMDb uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show was his last movie in 1975 his first movie 1938 actually he did about three in 1938 one of which was The Lady Vanishes uncredited he was in everything all my life so, yeah never you know as I say he's already up to uh, 11 by now so he snuck in because he's not one of the names we've really mentioned before up there no. in, in that sort of upper echelons of the uh, the Hall he's of Fame he's not no we we celebrate oh there's there's competition there I think from that one it's, yeah can we so, go back to yes. to Eddie Byrne no Eddie, Eddie Byrne, Byrne. Eddie Mark, Byrne. what do you want to say about Eddie Byrne? Eddie Byrne, I always liked Eddie Byrne, and mm. I was wondering if they made the setting of this movie, and I think they made the setting of this movie, Ireland, right? Just because Eddie Byrne. Because Eddie Byrne was in Because there's some really dodgy Irish accents. It's like, why did they make this in Ireland? Uh, you know, it just doesn't make any sense because all the actors, apart from Eddie Byrne, are English doing <laughs> terrible Irish accents. Um, but I have Eddie Byrne in it, and I really like Eddie Byrne. He's kind of, he looks like the skinny brother of Victor Mature yeah. and Sylvester Stallone's dad. That's that's how he looks. And he's very, <laughs> a very striking and interesting man and a good addition to Hammer. They should have used him more. They should have done. They should have um, done. The only thing I know about Eddie Byrne is. There's another Peter Cushing connection. They may have appeared in several other movies, but there's one massive movie they appeared in together towards the later part of their careers. Mm, I was going to say, is it um, 1984? But that's not later, so I I don't know now. Star Wars. Eddie Byrne was in Star Wars? Eddie Byrne is the commander or the captain that greets Princess Leia the minute after she's rescued and she lands on... No. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sure he's got a beard. Um, uh, no, he hasn't. He hasn't got a beard, but it's definitely Eddie Byrne. Um, I think it's the, the minute they rescue her from, not the Death Star or wherever it is, you know, the. Yeah, it might be actually, because no, the Death Star's still going at the end, it's, isn't he's it? He's on the Death Star, yeah. When she gets rescued and they land on whatever planet they're, they're on, you know, to take on the Death Star, he's the commander that greets her first of all when she comes out of the spaceship, out of the Millennium Falcon. I like Eddie Byrne. He's in a lot of British uh, early TV stuff, you know, 60s. I think he's probably in, like, the old Avengers shows. Wouldn't that surprise kind of me. The Protectors, that kind of thing, right? Um, he's, he, his face is very familiar. Uh, and he's got, um, he's got a certain manner of authority that works quite well. Yeah, police detective. Yeah, he's stuff like Danger Man and, and yeah. a few other things like that. that are, yeah, he's in some of these, these early TV stuff that, you know, really well done, I think, you know. All right, now let's have your impressions as to who this intruder must have been. You've never seen him before? I told you, Inspector, he was bandaged. There was just a slit for his eyes. The rest of him was covered. With bandages. Extraordinary. And you hit him twice? At four yards. I see. Well, I've got men out there looking for him now. That's all we can do at the moment. You'll let me know if you have any ideas. I have one already. You have? Why didn't you say so? He wouldn't believe me. I don't believe you about hitting him, if that's what you mean. All right, Inspector. I believe the intruder was a mummy. A living mummy. A mummy. One of these Egyptian things? That's right. I thought they were always dead people. They usually are. But right, this one should be dead, too. Now, look. Now, Inspector, would you sit down, please? I want to tell you about something that happened three years ago. Something I'm now convinced happened to my father. Some weird decisions in this film. They really, I mean, the ears is one. Uh, <laughs> decision to get make Peter kind of lame, so he couldn't quite do the actiony stuff. He and it's like, oh yeah, we have got Peter Cushion on this film. You know, famously a physical actor. We, you know, let's make him so he's got a dodgy le- gammy leg. Then right. again, he does do a little bit of leaping about up the bookcase and over the does. over the he desk does. and that. Yeah, yeah. And then let's set in Ireland. Uh, it's like. Okay, and they've never mentioned it's in Ireland, but they've got these weird act. All these people have got odd accents. Like, um, there's think- the Irish fella in the bar, isn't there? Yeah, there's Goodwin- Goodwin's accent is well off. <laughs> uh, and I, I can't remember to, um, the Ripper does 
speak very briefly, doesn't he? It doesn't um, say a lot. He's drunk for most of this, no, this one, isn't and that's it? a bad accent, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Bill. Give us a whiskey. Make it a large one. Anything wrong, mate? Gamekeeper trouble. I wish it was gamekeepers. I've seen the light tonight that mortal eye shouldn't look at. Well, you've been round to Malagradius again. Ten foot tall he was, swathed in bandages, come lumbering through that wood like a great bear. Who? You mean what? I tell you, it wasn't human. I needed that. Are you sure that's the first one you've had tonight? Have you been seeing the little people? Oh, <laughs> if it's little people, it's the biggest little people ever you heard anything about. I'll have another one of those. I tell you something very unpleasant's going to happen here tonight. So. I have to say, I was quite surprised. I thought the music was James Bernard, but it's not, is it? It's, uh, no, it's another no. chap. That's, uh, it sounded Bernardi. That's, that's going to yeah, affect our bingo. Doesn't 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 score anybody any points on mm-hmm. the um, no. the bingo, does it? No. Nice little segue there, sir. Let's play Bob's Full House <laughs> of Horror. <laughs> it's almost as if I've done this. What terrible card have you given me this time? This week, my friend, it's, it's, it's all strictly <laughs> in order because I've made a wonderful Excel sheet for you all to see to make sure there's no underhand and dodgy dealing going on. Mark, at the moment, as, as it stands, sir, you're on 20 points. Three behind me on 23. Stephen's in the lead, as he has been since week one, on 30. Blimey. Right. By yeah, my... who, who designed the cards in the first place? There was you, Stephen, if I remember rightly, yeah. <laughs> But we have the long-awaited and long-promised bonus card has finally come into the system now. We'll read out the the, the categories on that when we get to it. But the, the idea of the bonus card was that whoever was in last place gets a bonus card just to help them along a little bit. That's you. Handicapping system. I think so because you've been in last place since week one. If I if I'm looking yeah. rightly down this list, uh, I think it's just going to make it interesting, and we've put some different. Some different categories, and I think... Is there anything repeated on the bonus card that we've had previously? I don't think there is. Hammer Glamour is new. Uh, we'll go through it Hammer all. Hammer Glamour is a more inclusive one than... Yeah. Uh, oh, was it Barbara Shelley? Yeah. Okay, so, as I've got card number one, shall I go first? And I've just taken a quick look at this, and I don't think I really want to bother, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Card number one, Pitchfork Villager. That's a no, isn't it? No, 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 none of those. Okay, The Ripper. That gets me a point. Michael yeah, Ripper is definitely that. front and centre in this movie. Mad Scientist is, I'd say no, because it's no. archaeologist. Well, I mean, and... you know, well, I mean, archaeology is, you know, you term that a science. Um, okay, okay, how mad was he? And, and, and he goes <laughs> mad. <and he> goes <laughs> mad so... Actually, you know what? He's right. He's right. He's I'll just, take the point he, if you're going to give science. it to me. I'll tell yeah, you. yeah. I would say he, we don't mean it in the same way, but he does go insane. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, take which off. is about the only reference to the original Universal one. Actually, the mm. rest of the story is other Universal films, but the 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 actual a bloke going mad when a mummy comes to life is straight <laughs> from the Karloff mummy. Right? I will take your point, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, spooky glow. I'd say no. No. Oh, I know. Definitely. I mean, they mm. go into the they, they they have the the tomb. And there's all this green light coming from oh. nowhere. Um, I mean, it's it's bathed in green light, even to the point where all the stuff that's gold looks like it's 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 all um, verdigris. <laughs> it's like it's just copper that's gone off. Um, so yeah, there's this green glow all the time. In that there's the light source is is not from you know streaming through the uh, the the hole they've battered through the wall. So. <laughs> Um, well, look, lads, so, yeah, if you want to, you want to give me points. Green, green glow. There's definitely green glow. <laughs> you um, throw those points there. at me. I'll take it. Okay. Kind of what has got the card that's also got spooky glow on. Oh yeah. Oh, is that why he's no. making the argument for it? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> no, as it happens, neither neither that nor my scientist. Oh, I agree with him there. <laughs> okay. I'll t- okay, I'll take that. 
Now, I deliberately looked out for this. Has Christopher Lee got blood red eyes? I don't think he has. No, no not at all. He does some magnificent I, acting with his eyes. Red, yeah, right? some magnificent so, eye acting, but definitely yeah. not blood red. And again, good blonde, bad brunette. We mentioned there's only one sort of leading lady this this particular yeah, movie, so that nah, doesn't count. Yeah. And I don't think we had any himbos, which is my next one. Nah. Uh, you can't include Christmas. No, Raymond Huntley doesn't quite fulfil. As much as I'd like it to be, Raymond Huntley as a himbo, I think that would be amazing. George Woodbridge, yeah. you know. <laughs> and the last one is Barbara Shelley, which is a no. So I reckon I've got three points there, which is yeah. two right. more than yeah, I was to expecting. Say gonna, to say you weren't going to bother, yeah. Well, I thought I was only going to get one point out yeah. of that, but you two were so generous, I, I can only thank you. Um, <laughs> card number two is Stevens. Oh, looking at this card, I thought it'd be mine. It's one of them. You've cards. got two this week, don't worry. <laughs> oh okay, read about Stephen. Let's have a look, mate. So, spooky coachman. No, there's coachmen, but they're not spooky. They're yeah. just drunk. <laughs> so, yeah, well, good win. And, just, um... They're just drunk drivers. That's all they are, which, you know, is, is not spooky. It's just terrifying. Um, drunk drivers. So, um, so, no, I don't get anything for that. Uh, Barbara Shelley. No, uh, I don't get anything no. for that either. Uh, Mystery Monster, um, yeah, I think that hope, Yeah, uh, I mean, they that don't a... know there's a monster, do they? they mm-hmm. They're not sure. Uh, yeah. They just know the crypt was empty. and uh, well. Yeah. So hopefully uh, get that one. There's no bats on strings, though, which is the next category. No. So. There's an ear and a coffin, but not a bat on strings. <laughs> exactly, yeah, which, you know, <laughs> damn me for forgetting that one. Should have uh, put that on the bonus place. card, ears on coffin. Yes, yeah. <laughs> ears on coffin, yeah. Uh, Ferengi-looking... As you pointed out earlier, just uh, a few minutes ago, James Bernard's score, um, we don't have that, no. even though it sounds similar. Um, it's not there this time round. Himbo, as we agreed with uh, on Scots, that you know we don't have that, despite Raymond Huntley, Huntley trying. Um, inventive <laughs> crucifix, no, there's there's not any real no. crucifixes in this at all, um, I wouldn't say. No. Um, Transform Terror, which is the last one, um, you know, I'd like to make an argument. Yeah, for that. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, they cut out cut out his tongue and and all sorts of other things uh, before they um, they embalm him and mummify him. So um, there's a transformation that goes on on there. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, um, try that's reasonable. I'll try and squeeze two points out of this card then. Yeah. Um, Apparently, that tongue scene was a bit more gruesome, but they had to trim it a bit. Not that well, the tongue as well, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the censor did not like it, so they uh, they made it a little tamer. Two points there. When I scored three, I'm just glad I've clawed one point closer to you, Stephen. Um, I haven't seen really in depth what Mark has got on these two cards. I'm hoping it's like a bucket full of points here. Let's see. Card three, sir. Let's let's read these out and see how you do. Okay. Plunging cleavage. No. There's no. 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 no, She doesn't. doesn't, She's very demure. Very demure. No plunge. Uh, um, Yeah. Uh, Deformed assistant. Uh, no. Oh, unless you, you include can, Peter Cushing's leg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah what am I saying? Yes, he's, he's the, clearly. He's the assistant. He's clearly at that uh, point the assistant. No. His and he's, he's lying in bed for a lot of it. Oh. Uh, and his leg hasn't set right, so it's it, you yeah. could say it's deformed. Well, uh, he's, uh, not the lead, he's, not, he's not the lead archaeologist. He's the assistant <laughs> to his father. Yeah. So, and he, he does end up deformed. So Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously true. Right? Okay, that's, a, that's a point. That's a point. Let's take it. Uh, the Ripper's there. The Two. Ripper's there. Yep. Thunder and Lightning. I don't recall any, personally. No, I, I looked out for it because I thought when they actually was enchanting the, you know, and bringing the um, the mummy back to life yeah. and all that kind of stuff, reading from the scroll, um, I was thinking maybe there might be some there, but as it turned no. out, um, there wasn't. So Yeah, I mean, you, all there was was a, a very well-lit bog. That was it. Yeah, yeah a bit of, bit of fog and, and sort of smoking. Of fog and a bog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if that had been fog and a bog had been on there, been <laughs> um, spooky glow. Spooky. Yes. We've, we've said yes. yes to that. Yeah. Uh, good blonde by me. No. Uh, Mystery monster. Yes. Mm-hmm. And James Bernard Scar. No. So well, that's think, is that three? Four, I make it four. 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 And and now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the, the bonus, bonus Kensington Gore. Now, uh, if they hadn't trimmed the tongue, no. Let me 
think of a better way of phrasing it. Uh, if they <laughs> have, like you know, sounds like a euphemism. Doesn't it? <laughs> if they have, had left the scene with the tongue mm. unedited, we'd have probably got something. There was I don't some... recall it. Is there any? No, there were some yeah. great shots of when the mummy gets shot. Some great but, sort of like squibs of the bullet, you know, exploding yeah, the bandages. But, that but no, was far out, yeah, wasn't it? yeah. Um, okay, jaunty hat. Yes, clearly, clearly, there's some fantastic hats. In this. Jaunty hat. This is my favourite one out of all of them. Uh, so and I think I should get a point per hat, which meant I'd get about four hundred points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, jaunty hat. Jaunty hat. Um, our, our fangs. No, no, fangs. not in this one. Um, just memories, but not memories. <laughs> thanks for the memories. Yeah. Memory. <laughs> um, Harold Goodwin, yeah, 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 yeah. Braving corpse, well, uh, oh, yes, yes. There's, uh, she wasn't just braving, like I say, I thought at one, at one point she was gonna start doing her nails. It was like, <laughs> um, Hammer Glamour, yeah, I'd argue there is Hammer Glamour, I'd, I'd agree. She was a look at, and uh, her outfit with the ears, those ears were sexy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like bling so yeah yeah so that's glamour right yep uh, a skeleton or skull I don't recall any no. skulls unless they were on the desk or something uh, didn't no, see any re- in this one a bar pub or inn well we, yes uh, was yeah. there yeah I can't remember Harold Goodwin goes up to the bar the Irish gentleman's yeah. sitting there yeah yeah um yeah, and and it gets into they get interviewed um in the the bar as well Rick, yeah. the ripper comes in stumbling and they say oh you sure you already haven't had a drink uh, so yeah. yeah you could argue with harold just harold goodwin going about it, it sounds like a joke an englishman who was an irishman <laughs> went into it, um, yeah or tried to be uh yeah so i think i've got a fair few there you've got an Four. amazing nine points in total that, yeah nine I, points oh total. yes actually i think I they got one that means two, I don't get a hand three four you got five on that and four on card three so it's oh, nine God. Oh, my life. There's been a change in fortunes, gentlemen. <laughs> Stephen it's is still... hard as picked it all up, that's for sure. Well, what happens now? Stephen is in the lead on 32. Mark has now jumped into second place on 29, and I am trailing in last place on 26, which means I get the card oh, yes. next time. Yes. So, with this wonderful new Excel spreadsheet, this is how seriously we're taking it, guys. I've updated it as we go. So, um, your cards next time. I get card three. Mark gets two. Stephen gets one. Right. All, all three of us are desperately looking at them now to see what's the chance, you know? Like, yeah, the man who can cheat death. Is yeah. Right. It's going to be very yeah, sparse. Sorry. I'll take everything I said about this bingo back. Uh, you reckon this is? You reckon this is your only chance of getting it now? Do you think it's yeah, just yeah. like you'll never? I like that. I wish I was no, last. I'm... That's how bad. I wish I was still last. <laughs> that is your best score so far, mate. Nine, absolute right. best score any of yeah. us have got, obviously, because yeah. <laughs> each card only has eight categories on it anyway. So <laughs> excellent stuff. That's Bob's full house of horror. Just a bit of fun. We will get these sort of printed up and chucked on Twitter and Facebook, I think, just so you can play along at home. But we we just have a bit of a laugh with some of the things. Some of these tropes, I mean, I don't think we've missed anything, have we, trope-wise? Was, it, was there any major tropes in this? Put it that way. Uh, I, I I always think maybe a comment on the set design, but, like, every film's got great set design, mm. so it's kind of, you know, it's almost like putting James Bernard on. It's almost yeah. every film. Uh, it's not quite. Those sets, I mean... I had to go back and look because I thought, oh, they're so good, especially the old historical ones, apart from the dodgy ones in the sand, as Stephen said, with you know, the potted plants everywhere. Um, uh, I was wondering whether I it was... Ke- what, a, a fun one might be um, sets from previous movies, right? Because if you could spot what movie it was from, you get a point. That's an idea. You know, there's the, the famous bridge, isn't there, leading over yeah, to that bridge. castle? There's and also the, mm, like an inter- some staircases, shops, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that but might be fun. I or was, the use of the woods. Is it Bray Woods? Yeah. Uh, but I think that comes a bit later. That's later with some of the more outdoor sort of location stuff, yeah. isn't it? Just going to say that yeah, the house that that they use over and over again is um, you know that's almost a character in itself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, at one point I thought set design might have been Ken Adam because it was that good, but then obviously it wasn't when I looked down the the crew. And uh, if it was Ken Adam, each of the sets would have been four times the size anyway, wouldn't they, knowing him? You know, he, he loves a big grand set. Yeah. 
He does love a big... Yeah, he does, definitely. All the James Bond stuff and the Doctor Strange yeah. love that he's famous for, you know. I'm sure Ken Adam did the last one, didn't he? I'm sure it was Pound of the Basketballs or Dracula he was responsible for, you know. Okay. We, yeah. pick, we picked up on it. Okay. Um, in conclusion for me, as I say, this was one of the ones I never really went back to because I thought, quite wrongly, it was quite slow-paced and quite plodding. But going back, when you have the flashback to the historical Egypt scenes, they are crucial to the film, and they are absolutely brilliant. As you said, Mark, Christopher Lee, just letting rip, is is absolutely wonderful to see in this, um, away from the shackles of being under heavy makeup, you know, for the first you know movie in a while. You know, Hound of Baskervilles, as we say, he did have a little bit of a chance to do that. And I absolutely loved it, and I've watched it twice in the last fortnight, and... It was just as good this second time round. So I'm going to put it back up near the top of my list of, of Hammer Watches because it quite deservedly, you know, needs to be there up with the Dracula and the Frankenstein movies we've watched so far. That's fair. Um, I, I like this one. Um, I have to say I have a more, more of a soft spot for the later Mummy films because mm. they're more skeevy. They're more violent than skeevy. And I yeah. kind of like that, um, about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas this <laughs> one's a little more genteel. Um, and I feel that this is kind of the start of Hammer getting a bit too genteel. Okay. Um, this one in places but you know what i usually i'll check my mdb uh, i last time i rated this i gave it a five out of ten but i i significantly increased that score with this watch mm. i enjoyed it a lot i think low expectations might help because i was just like, oh this one's a bit dull but there's some good i thought there's a couple of good scenes certainly at the beginning and near the end it's it's definitely worth a watch a rewatch but actually i enjoyed it a lot more yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is it's a d- different pace to some of the the previous films, and I do think with the following mummy films, when they get to them, they they do more of their own thing with it, which is is good. Uh, but I don't have any any problem with this film at all. I think it's quite evenly paced overall. To be fair, there's some you know, with the exception of the breathing while you're meant to be dead. There's some, you know, <laughs> some, some good character acting in this, which and visually it actually um, does you know impress as well and, and keep within the vein of where Hammer has set its, itself out. It does a lot. We always know that they've got a quite a restricted budget on these films, but it certainly looks quite lush. Um, despite that so you know all in all I think this is you know one that maybe doesn't get the credit it deserves compared to being overlooked based upon Dracula and Frankenstein being the headlines Um this is a, a poor relation in some respects but no I think it's a good film and I've, you know, it doesn't outstay its welcome despite um, anything else it its pacing is is fairly solid. It doesn't you know doesn't zip around too much, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. So it's a, a good film for our inclusion. And just as an aside, it's quite quite odd that we should be recording this week when it's the centenary this week of discovering Tutankhamun's tomb. Is it? Oh yeah. blimey, we're cursed. We oh are God. totally cursed now. You know that. <laughs> That's that's why we're having all those problems at the beginning with the leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. And now, yeah. I swear there was a creak at one point that sounded like a crypt being opened. That's Stephen's uh, door. Stephen's door was very creaky early. We heard that. I think uh, the microphone it's, it's picked my, it up. It's, my, it's, it's usually my internet that's creaky. <laughs> <laughs> on my joints. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so an all-round good experience for everybody watching it this time around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going back... To 1959 again for our next movie. Let's take a break and we'll let you know exactly what you're going to be letting yourself in for next time. O thou Lord of souls, O thou Lord of the tomb, thou mighty one of Amentet, let not these limbs be without movement. Let them not pass away and let them not suffer from corruption. Make supple these limbs and strong these sinews. Refill, O my soul, this heart with tenderness that he may walk uh... 
Okay, chaps, as I say, we're staying in 1959. We sort of debated before we went on air, did we, whether to include this or not, because it's not gothic horror. Mark, you're the one that's probably seen it the most recently. Is is it more just like a mystery-type, supernatural-type thing? Is it a thriller? It's, no, I'd say it's, it's nearly... I, I think it's stronger than, say, horror-adjacent. Mm. There's definitely horror elements to it. I think it's reasonable to put it inside a horror. The only thing is it, it's very reminiscent of very similar-looking films. There's, there's okay. other films that come later that are really similar, so I tend to conflate them all in my head. Mm. Um, but um, I, I do like the cast in this one, so I'm kind of looking forward to watching it. The cast is great, Stephen. You better start working on this one now, mate, because as well as Anton Differing, who's in the lead, Christopher Lee is in there, um, Michael Ripper and Charles Lloyd Pack, amongst others, who we know have all appeared numerous times, directed by Terence Fisher, generally regarded as not one of his best works from what I was reading I don't think I've seen it I don't know this one at all it's The Man Who Could Cheat Death starring Anton Differing quick synopsis for you Dr Bonner plans to live forever through periodic gland transplants from younger healthier human victims Bonner looks about 40 he's really 104 years old but people are starting to get suspicious and he may not make it to 200 that sounds familiar um, but yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, sure it was ripped off by one of the Kolchak stories, if nothing else. Oh, was else. it? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, The Night Strangler, the, yeah. the second TV movie, The Night Strangler. It's exactly the same premise. There we go. Um, uh, but there are others that are very similar too, but we'll get to it, those when we talk about the movie. Okay. Um, Is this familiar to you, Stephen? Because I say Mark has gone through a lot of the hammers on his own show, but I, I'm not that familiar with this one myself. No, I'm struggling to to think whether i have seen it or not I, there's a possibility i might have done but um certainly i've got no real remembrance of it so if i have seen it it'll still be like a, a first time watch when i see it yeah um, there's a there's a chance i haven't seen it at all to be honest so we'll see when i uh, sit down and see if anything you know recall anything okay excellent that's it for this episode this hammer episode we'll be recording the next one this won't be till the new year now because as i say it's end of october so the next hammer episode will be recorded early in the new year mark you can be found at the good the bad and the odd basically I my friend couldn't be but the good the bad and the odd and i have if anyone's interested in hammer and, and uh what wants a bit of hammer we are covering hammer once a month at the minute and we, I just released uh, Dracula's Risen from the Grave that's where oh, we're right. at in that so we're, we're in 68 I think some of the films we don't cover that we cover on on this podcast so you know there's a mix oh, and cool. match okay. uh, so you know it's it, you, you can listen to a bit of both and we have a quite a different take we're much more Irreverent. We're kind of quite serious here sometimes. We, we can be. We shouldn't uh, but be. But Sam and I are not serious at all about this. Uh, we, we, uh, and, and Sam really doesn't like him, so it's kind of funny to hear. I'm saying, ah, oh, there's all this. And he said, no, it's crap. Has he, has, he got, <laughs> has he got no favourites at all out of this? Uh, no, he likes some. Definitely yeah. he likes some. But for example, he thought The Devil Rides Out was okay. Whereas I think it's like peerless, uh, you know, Ooh, it's that kind of okay. uh, dynamic going on. So it's kind of fun. But he he'll often like things I don't like as well. So that's kind of cool. Good. But we're, we're the same here. But yeah, so we have got a fair bit of hammer going on uh, over there. We're on number twenty six to give you an idea. Oh, you're um, way in front. This will say this, yeah, this yeah. will be number twelve um, coming up. No, number I think ten. We're doing them at a faster pace, so I think we'll be done. We'll be done in about a year. Just so you know, Hammer is a fairly backloaded kind of set of films. They did. They were doing like six films a year in the seventies. Yeah, it's kind of they really picked up the pace and probably flooded the market, and that led to their demise actually. But um, there's some good ones in those late ones as well. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, the early ones and the late ones tend. I think there's two golden ages of Hammer, and and uh, uh, and we're about to leave one golden age and traverse <laughs> to the next one at some point in this podcast. the rate we're going we'll have to be like Anton Differing and try and cheat death at some point to get to the end of this because we've got so many to go through (laughs) I think we'll have to do that in real life too frankly (laughs) (laughs) oh that's what you meant isn't it I'm just (laughs) (laughs) sorry get out mate (laughs) can't be as bad as was it last week Stephen you said something and then about half an hour later I I brought up exactly (laughs) the same thing and and Stephen and, and Andy went 
Stephen said that about 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, really? I'm so sorry. It's like, fine now. Proves how, proves how much. I'm going to listen to like what both of us said and see whose comment was actually more you know, relevant. Yeah, it would be better. And then you'll <laughs> chop the other one out, yeah. I'm going to keep them both in because it was quite funny the way it was like handled. <laughs> I had to profusely apologise for not listening Same. to you. So I take it as a compliment, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, he's, that I've said something so good he feels the need to appropriate it. Yeah, so, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, right, these, it's these dodgy wires on my mixer, I just don't hear everything, that's all it is. It's dodgy wires in your brain. <laughs> that's more yeah. like it. And that's it for another episode of Real Britannia. Once again, thank you to Mark, thank you to Stephen. Take care, guys, see you very soon. Bye-bye. Take care. <laughs> Positive shot. Bon voyage. Goodbye. Good luck. Thank you. Hand up, sir. I'm sick of pain. <laughs>